720 WGN. We are talking about volcanoes and winds and all kinds of things. Of course, we turn every Tuesday to our beloved weather guy. That is Tom Skilling from WGN TV. It's brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. How are you today, Tom? Lisa, I'm wonderful. How are you? A little windy out here. Yeah, the yeah. Is this limb breaking wind? Are we going to see tree branches falling? Yeah, I think that's a possibility. I, I'll tell you, we've got a south wind today. Tomorrow, the winds turn west, and boy, they're going to blow. Now, the big difference is today we're in the upper fifties, uh, and tomorrow we'll be falling wind chill wise into the teens, with the temperatures going to the upper twenties. So uh, today is the far more comfortable of the two days. But, you know, when you start talking about 45, 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts, which is what we're talking about here, you can break some limbs, no question. Well, and you're going to find out whether you tied down your Christmas decorations accurately. Yep. Because if you didn't, there's going to be plastic Santas and snowmans flying everywhere. No, that's a good point. You know, if you've got anything outside from your Christmas decorations or holiday decorations to porch furniture or trampolines, whatever it is, Bring it in if you can and get it out of the wind because it may go airborne. No question about it. So, yeah, there's so many things to talk about today. We've got the high winds. It looks like a lot of people are facing what could be tornadic activity. Oh, my gosh, look what's happening in Hawaii. I know you can help us understand all those terms that we're going to hear yeah. over the next couple of days that most of us have never heard before in our lives. And, and then meteorological winter is starting when? The day after tomorrow? Yeah, it starts at midnight, uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning with the arrival of December. You know, we in the weather profession work with three-month seasons, uh, and it's it's kind of a statistical thing. It's easier to calculate the temperatures for uh, even three months instead of starting astronomically on December 21st, which is the official astronomical beginning of winter. We'll begin it on Thursday, December 1st, and then December, January, February, or what we call climatological or meteorological winter. Um, and so that that's a sign of the times. One day left after today, Lisa, in, in meteorological autumn around here. Tom, I was at Sam's Club over the weekend along with 8 billion other people, and it seems like they moved oh, the yeah. snow shovels and the ice melt right to the front entry. But we're not getting yeah. snow anytime soon, are we? No. No, I, you know, if I were sitting up in central or northern Wisconsin or out in Minnesota or something like that, I'd be watching a weather system uh, early next week that looks like it has the potential of producing uh, a significant snow. But that's not in Chicago. Um, no, at, up to this point in time, we're okay. You know, the average date of the first inch of snow is on or about December 3rd. And the average date historically of the uh, first three-inch snow has been on or about Christmas Day, December 25th. So, um, you know, we've got statistically a little ways to go before that happens. But I I think we're going to blow by December 3rd without having had, uh, you know, shovelable snow around here. This is Tom Skilling. You know the voice. You know the face. Um, tornadoes, is, is that something that people in the south or the mid-Atlantic area are worried about today or tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's we've got a powerhouse jet stream that is developed between cold air dumping into the plains and the Rockies and unseasonable warmth down south. And whenever you rip a jet stream through a humid air mass coming out the Gulf of Mexico, you both lift the air and you spin it. And that tends to be where you get these rotating supercellular thunderstorms that can lay down tornadoes. So there is 
uh, uh, quite a, uh, an elevated risk of severe weather and possibly tornadoes down in the south. We may even tonight uh, in this area, uh, Lisa, as we bring this cold front through, might get a couple of showers in here late today and early tonight that uh, in a spot or two might have a rumble of thunder with it. But uh, by morning, it'll be cold. Uh, We'll be down in the upper 20s, low 30s by the time we join the day tomorrow. So uh, this any threat of thundery weather here is limited to the first hours of this evening. Uh, the better threat of severe weather is down south of us. But that could still leave some black ice patches if you're traveling overnight, right? Yeah, you know, uh, the rain will come through. It ought to be out of here uh, by midnight. It's not a very lengthy period of rain. So I don't think we're going to have a lot of wet pavement to freeze over. But it always is wise whenever you get below freezing and you have a little moisture in the air. It's, it's not a bad thing to be a little careful. Uh, particularly on the less traveled thoroughfares or bridges and things like that to tend to cool off faster. Okay, coming up next, we're going to have Tom. um, Well, we're not going to test Tom. Tom's not going to test me because I don't know any of these terms, (laughs) but we're going to learn what Pele's hair is and Vogue and everything else to do with the big eruption on the big island of Hawaii. We'll talk about that next, but first a check on weather right now and traffic with Mary Vandeveld. Seven twenty WGN. So Tom Skilling's with us. He told us the wind whipping through there today. What we're going to see? What kind of gusts are you saying? Maybe forty miles an hour? Or oh yeah, I, I think we'll have long forty-five mile an hour gusts before the day is out. And tomorrow we could be up in the forty-five to fifty mile an hour range. We've got an unusual setup with the west winds that lock in after that cold front goes through late tonight, blow tomorrow around here, are married to the same west-type uh, flow aloft. So you got uh, the air blowing from the west through tens of thousands of feet of the atmosphere. And when that happens, you can mix down some of that high wind energy up in the jet stream down to the surface and get really strong wind gusts. So, uh, yeah, we're talking 40-plus uh, mile-hour gusts this afternoon, but even more so tomorrow and tomorrow evening as well. No you question, know, Lisa. Tom is our go-to guy when it comes to weather. That goes for everyone in Chicago. But it seems like when you get away, Tom, you go to Alaska or Hawaii, and Hawaii yeah. is experiencing something they haven't seen in four decades, and that's the eruption of this volcano. Is it, how do you pronounce it? Mauna Loa. Mauna Loa and Kilauea. There are two volcanoes on the big island. That's the southernmost island of the Hawaiian island chain. Um, And they're erupting simultaneously. But before we blow that out of proportion, you know, a lot of folks have plans to go to Hawaii and they see these videos of, you know, lava running. And I remember when Kilauea went off four years ago, I started getting comments on social media saying, Hey, you guys in the media are ruining, uh, you know, messing up our economy because we depend on tourism and people are afraid to go out there when they hear there's a volcano erupting. The thing to remember about these things is they're dramatic where they occur, but they occur only, only in spotty areas. And the fact is, um, if you've got a plan to go out to Hawaii, the major islands like Maui and Oahu and Kauai have nothing to do with this volcano. They have nothing going on. And even on the big island, where Kilauea and Mauna Loa are both erupting, their lava flow is confined to their calderas, which are the kind of those trenches that we see, the cone-like features 
the Mauna Loa uh, lava is up around 10,000 feet. The Mauna Loa is about 13,000 feet high. It's no threat to, at this point to populated areas. The schools are open. The planes are flying. Uh, traffic is going. It's pretty normal out there, except folks are watching and have been advised to keep up with it in case anything weird starts happening. But um, the advice is, um, you know, don't worry about your trip out there. If you're going, go for it. Um, what they do watch is something called Paley's hair. Uh, these are little glass particles that are emitted with volcanic ash. And obviously, you don't want to breathe that stuff so that you watch the wind direction carefully. Most of it's being blown out over the ocean before it affects any area. But they keep an eye on that. Yeah. But, Tom, here's the deal. If you already paid for a trip to Hawaii, you're going as long as that flight is flying. And the other thing is, I don't want Pele's hair in my lungs. I think it's a good time to wear that mask. And I read that people are running toward the volcano. This is the point where everybody wants to go see it. Oh, yeah. You know, the National Park Service operates uh, the Hawaiian Volcanoes National Park, which is home to both Mauna Loa and Kilauea. There are two volcanoes 21 miles apart. Uh, Kilauea is a little tiny thing compared to Mauna Loa. Mauna Loa is a 13,000-foot-plus volcano. It's the largest active volcano on the planet. And uh, it hasn't erupted since 1984. But the Park Service put up on their Facebook page that they expect an influx of people uh, into the park, which, by the way, is still open. They've closed closed off areas that they think are risky, and uh, you know, in terms of lava from Mauna Loa. But much of the park is open, and they think there'll be an in, you know a rush of people in to see it because they're going to be able to see. You know, that's crazy to me. <laughs> I'm not going toward a volcano ever. I don't know enough about it. I don't want to breathe the gases. I don't want Pele's hair in my chest. I, Yeah, I, good for those people that are into that. I perhaps would take a helicopter ride over it way up, but I don't think... Yeah, well, you know, they do that. And, and I'll tell you, Lisa, I went out four years ago to see Kilauea, and I got in at three in the morning into a boat in Hilo, and I took the one-hour ride over to where the lava from Kilauea was going into the ocean. We were in 14-foot seas, and i got to tell you something. It was one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, to watch the 2,000-degree lava go into the ocean water and turn it to steam, and there's like this pyrocumulonimbus cloud. It's a heat-induced thunderstorm that develops over the lava, and it kind of sits there uh, 30,000 feet high. And uh, uh, it was fascinating. It really was. I think if you saw it, you'd be less afraid of it and probably quite fascinated by what you were seeing. Yeah, probably. And scratch the helicopter. I don't want to get in one of those when there's a 30,000 <laughs> whatever cloud. Um, and 14-foot waves, you must be quite the sailor because I'm telling you what, 14-footers, oh. that, that'll tumble anybody's tummy. Hey, I'll tell you something. They warned us when we went out there, and there were people from Australia. There was a German family with their kids on. There were about 35 of us on this boat, and they warned us uh, leaving Hilo Harbor in the darkness at 3 in the morning that some of us would get sick. We were going, and they said, if you're afraid of that, don't come. But on the other hand, don't be embarrassed if you do get sick because even the crew members will, and I did. Uh, But I'll tell you. You know, this is amazing. I can't think of a worse feeling than being, you know, oh, it's, uh, it's terrible. To the point, you, yeah, it's awful. 
But I tell you, it was so fascinating that uh, they passed the buckets around to all of us, and, um, and and you thought, do your do your thing and get this over with because I want to get back to looking at what's going on in front of me. Um, it was so fascinating. So you know, it had to be interesting to oh, overlook. Did, a did everyone have their own individual bucket? I hope. And you know what? They had a whole group of them, and they were kind of passing them around. <laughs> I think this is terrible to discuss, but it, it really – and you know what was interesting? The waves were breaking over the boat, and when we got close to the volcano where the lava was, it was like bathtub warm water coming over you, so you didn't mind it. It was kind of interesting. <laughs> That's just crazy. Well, it, it is something that sounds completely fascinating. I'm not sure that I'm up for it, but I'm glad that you were here to describe it. Um, what are we looking for? For over the next 48 hours, maybe 72 hours as we go into meteorological winter. Yeah, well, a uh, uh, windy temperature drop, uh, that starts late tonight and tomorrow. There'll be some showers, might be a rumble of thunder early tonight. Those will be out of here late tonight. Tomorrow will turn mostly sunny, but very windy. Gusts 45 to 50 and falling temps. So we'll probably stay in the low 30s and come down to the upper 20s on the thermometer. It might have wind chills in the mid-teens by evening. Then cold and uh, but fairly sunny during the day Thursday. And then it warms back up again. We'll be up flirting with 50 on Friday and turning colder again uh, over the weekend, uh, probably to fall back into the low 40s uh, on Saturday. Uh, there is a, a rain system coming in at us. Uh, Sunday night, Monday, somewhere in there. Well, watch the track of that. Make sure it doesn't do anything funny where it would bring the rain snow line closer to us. But right now, it looks like we'll get rain and we'll get snow up in central and northern Wisconsin out of that. Not too bad. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Have a beautiful day. Lisa, you too. And don't blow away. It's windy out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So take Tom Skilling's warning to heart and tie down your plastic Santa and reindeer. Otherwise, they'll end up I don't know, maybe a mile away. Steve has your news next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.